Hey, welcome to another episode of Nina Talks. I'm your host, Darius. And of course, Akita isn't here, but I'm joined with my lovely guest, Cammie, today. What's up? We're going to get into our episode shortly, but before that, we want to include a little short. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to be kneading uh, up one of your favorite Christmas stories. Catch y'all soon. Hi, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Nina Production Storytime. I hope you've had a great holiday and... We're going to get into the story called How the Niggas Saved Christmas from the Chronicles of Nina. Enjoy. Christmas in the Louisville. It holds every Lou's heart. Mansions of lights, down the loop, or near the park. A hallmark you can write to see a Lou come to life. Better yet, I suggest a date to see the frozen lights. Remember, every Lou down in the Louisville loved Christmas a lot. But to niggas who lived just south, they did not. Them niggas hated Christmas, the whole damn season. Don't ask why, nigga logic is the reason. It could be, perhaps, because niggas stay up all night to cop the new J's before resellers night. But I think the most likely reason of all is plugs stop delivering as the snow falls. But for whatever reason, be niggas weed or their shoes, niggas be posted on Christmas, straight hating the lose. Whipping past the carolers with a cold icy frown, Nigga, I just want a little tree. Why is it so cold in this damn town? Niggas knew every Lou down in the Louisville streets would do the most trying to hang their hundredth wreath. A ring from the figures interrupted the thought. The story to follow honestly sucked. It's bad news from some niggas we hold dear. And tomorrow was Christmas. Damn, that bitch here. As I feared, so many are stressed. The real nightmare before Christmas, their plugs arrest. The economy is in shamble, implications momentous. For adults, no peace, trickle down to the children. Our heroes sit in the whip, the engine still running. Well, our spirits are high. We're just a tad underfunded. Then one nigga got an idea, an awful idea. Yeah, that nigga got a wonderfully awful idea. I know just what to do, my nigga laughed from the throat. I'ma make one of those Santa Claus coats. Black forces in the red Javinci fit. With this coat and hat, call me that nigga Nick. They gathered the stash and a lot of bags, then decided to match a joint of the gas. In the Hyundai like a sleigh, they hotboxed around south. Four windows tinted and smoke in the air. The loos were all dreaming their dreams without care. Our niggas pull up to the first spot on the block. Our plan is a match, a most magical match. With three joints in the king palm, just add a gift tax. We'll do it for the kids and help these niggas relax. The plan, if I say, was a bit half-baked. But there's magic in Christmas. You see it every day. In the dead of the night, the hood was brimming with life. 
A hit for a gift was the message of the time. But take it if you need it. That's the purpose of the round. The Hyundai piled higher than the smoke in the sky. The weed was like the spirit that burned through the night. They hadn't much time. The morning of Christmas was soon to arrive. A few loose continued their search for the perfect surprise. Rushing home before their little loose opened eyes. Alert! From the corner of one hero's eye. Red, I'm sure we're fine. It's Christmas time. Blue, flashes sent a chill down the spine. Five, four, two, zero goes the line. The hood deserved a joyous time. Favo didn't buy that line. What's your name, boy? Y'all ain't gonna put these joints out with a standing right here? Uh, I'm that nigga Nick, sir. And this may come as a surprise to you, but these joints are magical. Well, we can imagine the rest. Merry Christmas. Hey guys, well, welcome back. I hope you really enjoyed that story. <laughs> um, I'm happy to announce that uh, we have our guest Cammy here today. Hey. Cammy's a good friend of mine. Um, Really, like, one of my first, like, St. Louis exclusive friends. I say that because, you know, I knew a few people when I was at WashU. Damn, that's but, touching. But, like, I met Cammie um, off of a whim. You posted out on Twitter, hey, let's have a bonfire. Oh, that is how I met that's you. That's how we met. Wow. So, oh, my God. I didn't even realize. I thought Smoke City stuff. That's so funny. That that's is how, literally I how we you. met. We came over to Cammie's house, sat around a bonfire, <laughs> me and Summer, and drunk hot chocolate and just, like, Talked oh about God. New Orleans and random shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that just, I remember that night so clearly. I forgot. And yeah, I didn't know, you know, because we'd only seen each other via Twitter. So even when you showed up, I'm like, this might not be them. This might just be two random individuals who came to my house to roast marshmallows. But it turned out all right. So, so that's a PSA. You know, if you want to <laughs> interact with somebody off of Twitter, just go to a bonfire. <laughs> but yeah, Cammy. so I want you to take some time to introduce yourself, tell people what you do. Okay, cool. I could do that. So I do a lot right now. Okay. Uh, for the last four years or so, I've worked for Red Bull North America uh, okay. in the culture world. Uh, but filmmaking, documentary, photography, things of that nature uh, are definitely my passion. Yeah. So as time has gone on, uh, you know, I definitely felt the call to to put my all towards that yeah. towards that work. Uh, and the community work that comes with it. Yeah. So, so now, yeah, I'm a freelance photographer, videographer, as well as doing marketing, consulting, and things yeah. like that, which pays the bills, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm a St. Louis native. I go between here, Chicago, and Miami, which mm -hmm. is where my girlfriend lives. Um, and I'm glad to be home and like spending more time, you know, being able to build with the community and stuff like that. So, I guess that's kind of everything in a nutshell. Man, yeah. I'm happy that we could grab you while you were in town for a bit. I um, so. I remember actually. Um, one of the probably most engrossed series I've been in, which has been your Smoke City series. Mm -hmm. uh, luckily, me and Summer were actually able to sit down and have a really cool conversation with you for one of them. Um, but tell us a bit about how not only like Smoke, well, let's start off with Smoke City. Yeah, how yeah. does Smoke City kind of come about and you end up on this journey to creating that? Yeah, I, you know, I spent some time today, even on the car ride here, just kind of reminiscing about everything. And the Smoke City series and developing it is really, I credit that for so much of my emotional growth in so many ways, mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm from Florissant, so Florissant, Ferguson area. 
And like a lot of St. Louisans, when Mike Brown was killed by, mm -hmm. you know, Darren Wilson, uh, my entire world was turned upside down, just like everyone yeah. was in St. Louis. So for me, I was a senior in college, so that happened. You know, the city popped off in the summer, and then I went back to school uh, in New Orleans, um, where I went to Loyola, right? Yeah, no, New Orleans, we got that New Orleans connection. Uh -huh. so. But when I came back, I graduated. <laughs> <Baby>. Right, <laughs> baby. Um, when I came back um, to St. Louis after I graduated, I was like, all right, cool, I'm here, I'm ready to do the work, I'm ready to have these conversations. And I kept interacting with, uh, I'll just say people, mm -hmm. who were like, oh, yeah, you know, the smoke is cleared, everything's good now, we, we got all that uh, all that madness out the way. <laughs> good thing everything's calmed down, right? You're no more your fires. Eyes, like yeah, and I'm like, are we looking at the same city? Are you experiencing? And obviously, I knew the answer was no, but it was mind-boggling in a yeah. sense. And like, but even Smoke City, the name came from the repeated phrase people kept saying to me was like, oh, the smoke is cleared. The smoke is cleared. And I'm like, we, like, what are you talking about? Like, we're. Like a grenade couple? Yeah, like, what? Like, what? I'm like, you know, people in North County, black people in St. Louis have been saying for, I mean, decades, like, we're choking on this smoke and yeah. we're being oppressed. And I'm like, you know, I, I really realized this is going to happen again. Like, as soon as I came back, I remember thinking, this is going to happen again because, you know, you've left a boiling pot on the stove and then when it boils over, you clean it up, but then you keep it on the stove. Still, it's still a boiler pot. Exactly. You just cleaned up the mess that was around it. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it just seemed like, you know, what aren't you getting? And a lot yeah. of it was just like, I couldn't imagine. How can you be that disconnected? And I was like, well, because you're not leaving your neighborhoods. Like, yeah. You know, if you're a lot of people, if they were in Clayton, they'll stay there. If they're in Winsfield, they'll stay there. Florissant, they'll stay kind of in their areas. So that's where Smoke City came about. The name came from people saying the smoke was clear when it was literally everywhere and choking us. <laughs> whole city, right? Dog. Yeah, like the whole city was literally <laughs> under smoke. I remember I came in for Thanksgiving break. Uh, after they announced, there's like no better way to describe it than that period. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That was right when they had announced the uh, the verdict, that yeah. terrible verdict. And I remember flying in from New Orleans, and from my plane, I could actually see smoke rising from from North County. So I'm like, if you think the smoke is cleared because the fires have technically been out, like you're very misguided. So yeah. that's what started the process with Smoke City and saying, okay, I need to introduce people mm -hmm. to the different areas of St. Louis, the various perspectives. Um, and hopefully encourage them to to go beyond the bubbles that they've mm -hmm. kind of like secluded themselves to apparently their whole lives. So that's how that started. Um, how much? How long were you uh, a director and videographer before you started doing Smoke City? Like, what kind of uh, challenge? <laughs> I became one as I made Smoke City. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I had done some stuff in college, mm -hmm. but you know, very much on like a school project kind of level. Yeah. Um, you know, going out, interviewing people, I was very much just kind of just going with yeah. it and trial and error and losing footage and sound quality being bad. Yeah. I just made so many mistakes on the way. And even with season one, I'd worked with a lot of different videographers yeah. and we worked together and really like the iron sharpens iron kind of yeah. thing. So by the time, you know, I came along to, to season two, which was the one that, mm -hmm. that you were featured in. Um, I felt much more confident in that in that role, but yeah, beforehand I I wasn't. I became one throughout that process. Yeah, so that's really that's really awesome. Thanks. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna shift the the conversation a bit to um, communication. Okay. Because I know that um, that was one thing that we've actually had conversations about in uh, talking about interpersonal relationships mm -hmm. just like relationships between significant others right. um and even just probably even the process of learning how to work with people through smoke city mm -hmm. what do you think one or two of the biggest 
communication lessons or challenges you've had to deal with? Huh. Wow, that's that's a good, <laughs> no, that's a really good question. And I feel like every time we've interact like you, me, Summer, every time we've interacted like this ends up being the conversation. <laughs> Talk about talking. Yeah, you know, which <laughs> is which talking. is good. I think, you know, one of the biggest lessons that have come from a challenge is that uh um, whatever, just to be a nerd. When you look at, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of yep, needs, right? Yep. And if you go from the very bottom and see what things does someone just need survival-wise, and you'll see food, shelter. All right, do we have that if we're in a relationship? Whatever, cool. The very next one, the psychological needs, I think people kind of bypass that and they forget that, like, feeling psychologically safe, feeling like you can speak to someone and you're not going to be attacked or that... Um, your information, your heart, your openness, your vulnerability is safe with this person. If you don't have that, then it's going to lead to a lot of heartache yeah. um, and a lot of a lot of trouble. And you know, in different and various relationships in my life, that mm-hmm. had been an issue where um, you know there's no there's no foundation of safety of emotional safety within each other. So I think that has to happen. Yeah. That is number one. Nothing you can't build anything if you don't have that. So I yeah. think that's really. The, the one biggest lesson for sure is that's the first. cool yeah I, I even think of that because I was trying to also pit that in less of a kind of personal romantic relationship mm-hmm. and more of just like a relationships with people that you interact with right. and even thinking of co-workers and stuff like that mm-hmm. allowing a space of safety some oftentimes just looks like listening to people it does exactly yeah, yeah. and I think even with and, you know, if you take it from that, too, like when filming Smoke City, pretty much mm-hmm. it's just me uh, with maybe Tyler Small or with Calvin T. Gray mm-hmm. and just sitting down. We have a camera and we tell that person like, OK, tell us about your experience in St. Louis. And mm-hmm. for some people, that's that's heartbreaking information. There were a lot of interviews in which people cried. They talked yeah. about, you know, friends and family that they lost yeah. to this city. Um, so it's like, how do you get from like, I'm a total stranger to pour out your heart to me and it's that exact same thing it has to be established before like hey we're safe with each other we we've got each other and 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 establishing that foundation Mm -hmm. so that's the case when you're talking to anyone at all um but if you expect openness from them you have to provide that foundation of of safety to them you know yeah have you experienced well i assume you have but what uh what's one time where you've kind of been faced with like a really big communication breakdown that you managed to if you did manage yeah. to salvage that or pull something out of that, you know? You know, wow. Do you mean, I'm just anything like it, interpersonal it could be, it could wise be or? Deep and personal. It could just be like somebody at work was pissing you off one day and you found a really nice way to tell them to shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, the best way with work shit, the best thing is just the per my last email type emails. Per it my. says everything. It's like, my last email so if i need to like if you need to like bitch anyone out you know in a corporate way that's that's the way you do it there someone um, was just telling me that her mom <laughs> had the exact same story today so that's funny really yeah it's just, it's the go-to it's like you know it's really a way of saying like did you not hear anything i said before but uh beyond that i think you know again i know there's things beyond romantic mm-hmm. and interpersonal relationships but i really think you can learn a lot from that and i think for me like in my even current relationship now, as far as communication mm-hmm. breakdowns, I had to realize that like, I was very closed off in a lot of ways. And I think 
sometimes we take old shit, old trauma into new things. And that could be even in a workplace. Let's say your old boss always yelled at you. Yeah, exactly. And people walk around wounded and triggered. And every time somebody reminds them. them. Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's like people wondering, I just poked you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like you really got to leave. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh, check that at the door. Like that was your old job. That was your old relationship. That was your old whatever. But it's like history repeats itself. It does. It really does. So it's just like, I think for me, the biggest thing is like being very conscious of what I'm bringing into an interaction, whether that's again, romantic work wise or whatever, because if I'm like, if I already know I have the weight of the past on me and I'm bringing it into our interaction, like that person has no chance at at getting through to me in any kind of way. Especially if you're not aware. Exactly. Yeah. So I think like above everything, self-awareness and making sure to know, like be conscious of what you're bringing. Uh, what kind of energy you're bringing into a space before you do it. And even being honest, if you're like, look, I have some old shit on me and it's weighing on me, at least letting them know. It's like, I don't know what to do with it or how to get rid you of gonna it. You're going to thug it out. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> look, at least, look, you know what I mean? So I think... I'm going to try to not do too much, but you know, at once a week, right. I may just do a <laughs> bit too much. Exactly. Exactly. But so thug it out with me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> self-awareness and just, yeah, being, just being cognizant about like, what what kind of energy you're bringing to a space is so important like yeah. in any kind of space any yeah. kind of interaction i think you know yeah i i move with that exact mantra and i kind i like self label self label it as like be humble sit down yes exactly <laughs> like, now kendra said it best like you said your honesty is key looking at yourself and recognizing what you bring into the table and mm-hmm. then just listening to people right. like i don't i'm a pretty hard headed person okay What's like, your what's your sign? Just curious. Born in January tenth. Capricorn, I think. Capricorn. Okay. All right. I don't know shit about Capricorn. So, so never mind. I don't know shit about Capricorn. Okay. Man, gang, gang. <laughs> <laughs> they say Taurus are stubborn, so I was like, "Are you family?" Nah. Okay. So uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a I'm not a Taurus. I'm not like hot headed, but I'm very like hard headed. Got you. And okay. so I'll listen to people. I'll listen to people all day, but i likely won't change my mind fair enough but i will listen i'll sit there and like i'll actually like process what people say right um and i I just feel like it's it's okay people feel some type of way about disagreements or people feel some type of way when you're not on the same page but i'm like as long as we both know where we coming from Mm -hmm. we could just be like all right we're not on the same page but like trying to smoke a joint like right exactly yeah i think if you can like respect the person enough to value the perspective that they're coming from yeah. and each person can feel heard and understood then from there it's like all right cool you can agree to disagree you can't agree to disagree when like there's no respect yeah. you know what i mean so as long as that's there yeah whatever do what you gotta do so now that you out here like living a good life you know <laughs> communication on 10 you know videography yeah, right. full time i want to hear about you know how's the travel experience has been i know you had an opportunity <laughs> to see a lot yeah. Been in, uh, what was it, Antarctica? No, I was in Iceland, bro. Iceland, yeah, Iceland. Okay, I was shit. like, I was like, snow was, like shit, bro. It was, like, cold, it was some cold shit. Yeah, you know, whatever. It was some cold northern shit. My local ass. <laughs> and you in Antarctica with the penguins? No, people go to Antarctica. Like, th- people do that. Like, they're out here. I'm, I'm not, I'm working up to it. You know what I mean? So I did Chicago. I'm like, all right, I can do Chicago. Then I did Iceland. I'm like, all right, I can do that. Maybe we can all go to Antarctica on some, like, I don't know, like, group. Shit. Yeah, exactly. But no, I went to <laughs> I went to Iceland with my family last Christmas, which mm-hmm. was beautiful. It was for my mom's 50th birthday oh, wow. slash Christmas. Yeah. Um, she's always wanted to see the Northern Lights. So we yeah. went out there and did not see the Northern Lights. It was too cloudy. But 
weed, a lot Life of shit. Life comes at I, it you was, so fast. It's so funny, kind of. I'm like, aren't we, those things just always on? <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, it was too cloudy, and like my grandparents were there. My sister who lives in LA, myself, my dad, my mom, <gasps> like got all these black people in Iceland. Mama Thomas, I'm sorry. Right, I know. We had a time of our life, and it was amazing. But I'm like, yeah, you know, we were the we were the, definitely the brownest things in that in that entire on that <laughs> island, but. Yeah, no, that was that was just like a family experience. Mm-hmm. Got to see waterfalls. We climbed up a glacier together. Mm-hmm. A glacier that very well might not be there in like, I mean, I want to say even 50 years, but very realistically, I don't know, 10, five years. I don't know. So that was really surreal in a sense of like really seeing a place and like, yeah, acknowledging that not everything's permanent. I think we get used to being able to keep everything and pictures and everything's recorded. But I'm like, some stuff really won't be there. Like things are ever changing. Things so. that you imagine. A fucking glacier, yeah, miles big. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that hole was huge. Melting. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh. We want to do this up. podcast forever, but you know, if global <laughs> warming keep going. We got like twenty something years on this bitch. Like, yeah, you know, you're on the second floor though. You know what I mean? Like, if flood twenty seven years rising, in this bitch, bro. Right, we got yeah, like, two up here. <laughs> if the cameras can stay dry. And um, but yeah, no, Iceland with the family. Um, I filmed a documentary in Tijuana, mm-hmm. Mexico, which was really yeah. Cool. So yeah. Um, I actually don't I've seen a lot of it But I'm not Super like In tune on like The backstory of that Yeah documentary. Yeah and I've of... been I haven't really told like, Okay for sure for sure Yeah so You know so Pretty much If you much, don't if No you can't, right, I don't cool. give a shit So <laughs> Pretty much We went down there And we follow The story of these two dancers um, They're really great They're like Kind of like two Prodigies within Like the dance scene mm-hmm. there And they're both like 18 or 19 now But um, their dream, the both of them, was to like study in the U.S. and, and kind of like continue their dance, um, their dance career in that mm-hmm. way. But around the time that they were going to do all that, you know, we had some administrative changes uh, that barred them from being able to even like look towards the United States, oh, pretty wow. much. Yeah. So a lot of the stories about that, about their career, about what oh, it's like. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's been okay. cool stuff. Administrative changes. Yeah. No, Tito okay. Head came into office, and you know, a lot of it just. It was like war against people coming in from Mexico and it just made things so much harder. And, you know, and that's not what defines them, though, either. It's like, you know, living in Tijuana is more than just a border city. There's so much about, you know, it reminded me of St. Louis in some ways. Like, you know, so just following their story, following the story about immigration in general and even living in Tijuana. Like there's people coming up from Guatemala, from, you know, Honduras and like you know, who stay there too, cause they were going mm-hmm. into the United States. So they have their own immigration kind of situation going yeah. on too. So yeah, that was, that was really cool. And I went there. How long there. were you down there? We were there for, I think about 10 days. And Nayara, okay. Nayara Williams came, came with me too. So okay. she was doing some, cool, uh, cool. some B-cam stuff. So nice. yeah, it was good, good stuff, good shit. That's dope travel. We're also um, making our way down to Mexico for a cruise. Cool. More, more consumer. Okay, yeah, nice. <laughs> Where are you gonna go, do you know? Uh, Cozumel and Yucatan. Nice. But cool. Heard Good that uh, the Zika virus is. Is it popping again? <laughs> a thing. Not popping, but you know, I'm my. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I remember that. It's was not a popping thing. again. It was a thing. Someone gonna kill me for this shit. But I'm like, you say it once, <laughs> man. I'm like, nah, bro. We, I ain't getting Wait. bit by those Zika mosquitoes, bro. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm super. I'm super drove for asking. Like that's that swine flu. That's all different stuff, right? I think so. All I don't right. know shit about shit, man. Yeah, I don't either. All, all I know is they was like they got mosquitoes in Mexico. 
Motherfuckers bite you. You get Zika. Look, it's an L. <laughs> I didn't wear like a drop of bug spray or mosquito spray when I was there, and like you know, I'm alive. But maybe I'm usually you know? I'm like I'm usually cool. Like I'm okay. not, I'm not the one to get bit. Um. <laughs> right, well, when we'll get an update afterwards. We'll have like an update episode or something. But yeah, so Mexico, and then yeah, I went to uh, Portugal, Paris, and London oh. uh, with my girl about I guess two months ago now mm-hmm. yeah so we did a photo project together in paris with like the pagal basketball court so yeah. the one that's like painted all cool and stuff so we did a project out there which was cool and then yeah just kind of like hung out and like traveled yeah saw those it was, places yeah. yeah it was cool it, once you're sometimes like once you're out there it's mad cheap especially i've been living in chicago so yeah. i'm like everything feels yeah cheaper. i need to i need to get my behind out the u.s for a little bit just, yeah, i, 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 I really want to go on one hardy kind of like historical travel spree yeah maybe not necessarily somewhere in like europe mm-hmm. but i do want to just kind of like get out and like live in another part of the world Fuck yeah. yeah absolutely I, I just think that the there's so many kind of like habits and expectations that exist in america yeah that are just so normalized and I, 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 the more I kind of talk to friends that spend time out of the country, they're just like, you just start to think about things a bit differently. Yeah. You kind of like expect the world to work differently when you realize that like the U.S. isn't necessarily the only lens of. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. And like real talk, you can also feel safer places. Like that's the main thing for I me. I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah, because I'm like, <laughs> it's not even with traveling. It's not even always on like some bougie shit, like, you yeah. know, to post on the gram. It's really like even when I was in Portugal, it, like my at least my experience like you know my blackness wasn't an issue like even you know there was a couple situations whatever like you know looks or something every once in a while but it wasn't in the if i'm in st louis you and can't escape that feeling yeah, of your blackness being all over exactly you. it's constant and every it's time also a cop like, turn behind me right, exactly. i'm sitting here looking at my rear view for as long as he behind me like we're exactly that's the thing i'm like when i'm in the u.s someone's racism could get me killed you know what i mean so it's a difference i'm like i don't care if you look at me funny and you're like you're not beyonce like i don't give a shit about that like but i, I still feel safe exactly like, it goes back to math exactly i'm like i don't think I that you're safe. gonna find me suspicious enough to call the police and get Get, like me or one of my people killed you know what yeah. i mean so i'm like even in that aspect especially when it comes to like black men i'm just like yo there's places you can go where you won't feel like this you know what i mean so and once you get a taste of it you're like yo like you know so anyway yeah traveling stuff's been cool especially being able to like travel do work be black and do it like it's just all it's been it's been cool i've, I've liked it but it's also good to be home like st louis is really yeah, in a lot of different ways, it's one of the best places in the world to me. So it's good to be back. You know, what are your what are some projects you have lined up in the future for the city or around the city? You know? Yeah, so I'm turning the Smoke City series into like a full length documentary. Yeah, so Is I'll that be working. Baby meme. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm still working on that. Like we're bringing in different like funding and stuff okay. for that. So that'll probably you know kick off filming. I was gonna kick it off this December. We're but gonna now put a young cold. link. Right. In the description. Gang, gang. Yes, it's like hella <laughs> cold now, though. So I'm going to wait for it to get warmer okay. so I can be outside uh, and film. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, look, I'm not. Yeah, my hands are going to be cold. So That's and then, city. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm working on this documentary where um, pretty much like a lot of people, I grew up in the church and I grew up with 
a girl who is exactly my age. Pretty much we have the same family structure, yada, yada. Pretty much twins on paper. Mm -hmm. um, and we're about the same age, but our lives went like hella different directions. Um, she leaned very much into religion and mm -hmm. into the church and that very much structured her life. And yeah. I started to lean a little bit outwards. And then that's that exploration has structured a lot of mine. So I'm doing... Uh, or we're doing, me and my team are doing like a story, just kind of showing. Like a juxtaposition. Exactly, like, yeah. What, 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 yeah, yeah. related to that split. And That's we, cool. and it's, it's, in the, it's related to the city though, because we went to church in Ferguson. That was the church yeah. I grew up in, was baptized in. So that'll be cool. And then also just interviewing people throughout the city and like how they relate to religion, if they relate to it, yeah. if, you know, spirituality, how that plays a, you know, a part in their life and stuff like that. So those are kind of the things that I have. Those are always up, like you know? super interesting conversations because I grew up in the church also. Mm -hmm. And the church was on... I, think, I feel like it had three layers to me. Okay. And like now I kind of like grab on the two of those and okay. like kind of like wrestle with the third one every now and then. Word. But the church was a really good place of community. Mm -hmm. um, at least the church I grew, uh, went to did it really well. Right. Um, the church was a pretty good place for like figuring out like morals and stuff yeah i think so too maybe like the roots or like the causes of like how to behave right. morally might be like a little yeah shady <laughs> but like they, they pretty much get you doing like the thing how to think about how to move throughout the right. world and interact with people exactly um, and then the last layer obviously like i went to college and realized that like ah oh, christianity and black people like whoo yeah it's a hard one <laughs> it's I, I still don't know where i'm at with that that's like a whole nother i I have to do, I don't know, do some reading, pray. But those, I have last, no those idea. first two are strong for me. Exactly. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, I think me too. I really, you know, when I think, sometimes I like to, I used to think like, oh, I'm so far away from it. Like nothing about my upbringing in the church do I still have. And I'd I, run back to the church. Like I'd, yeah. be, I'd be me, mm -hmm. of course, but I'd also love to give back and be in a position where like right. I can give back to that community that the church is like feeding to. Cause, yeah. Uh, I even re remember growing up doing just kind of like retreats and like we would go out to different places around like the U.S. and they'd cool. have us for like a week, whole bunch of kids. I got older, became like a chaperone. Nice. And also then was able to like give back to the kids, be myself, you right, know, yeah. and like of course like pray over them and all that stuff, but mainly just like, I'm gonna talk to y'all. Right. Like, you know, I got y'all best interest in mind. I'm yeah. gonna talk to y'all. <laughs> that's what people need. Like, you know, and there's no there's no harm with that. So yeah, like the church for me has it just it manifested for me like in a different way. Yeah. And who I am today, you know, it does have a lot to do Fruit with the church. Head. Right, for sure. But it is it is different than yeah. like a traditional following, you know, everything. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think even for me it'll be interesting to kind of dive into it and really dissect like what ways is that still a part of me? What ways is it not? And then for the people, other millennials, like who have a similar experience, you know, kind of like seeing how much of this is still in you, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, no, it's 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 complex for sure, but it, it's anything that makes you a decent person, like no matter what the religion or something is, is like not a bad thing, you know? <laughs> we can't hate too right. much because we ain't got that many decent people out here these days. Yeah, that's <laughs> real, yeah, exactly. I'm like, whatever makes you like, just a chill individual who's not judging folks and you're, you know, contributing to society, like, you know, do what you do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, I guess we will finish it off with the album of the week. Album of the week. Yeah. Okay. Have you had your chance to think of one? You know, 
I can start it off. Yeah, yeah, start it off. I have a couple that I'm like ping pong in between, so I'll let you start it off. All right. Um, in honor of my comrade that is not here, uh, I will give the album of the week to this album that Akita and Jerry put, um, put together called Groovy Blues. Nice. Um, I got to listen to them put that thing together, man. And so even just hearing the final product, uh, them boys jiggy. So yeah. um, Big Worm, uh, I also like the feature um, Peace with Michael and Jack that they had. Nice. That track was also like really dope. So um, yeah, Groovy Blues, Jerry and Nikita, check it out. Like I, I give that album like top tier A rating. Hell yeah. No, <laughs> that's like, that's a hell of a combination of people on mm-hmm. one album. Like, <laughs> no, that's like straight St. Louis heat like, <laughs> times 10. No, that's, that's, yeah, see, that's, that's a, that's a tough one to follow. I think even yeah, to give a double plug though to your comrade, I think my album of the week would be the double uh, plug, right? Double plug. <laughs> <laughs> the um, yeah, the Nowhere group, the collective album Man. that they just dropped, that group project. So yeah, with Zato, yeah, yeah, Teacup, yeah, yeah, Zato, yeah. and uh, Sir ADC. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so talented, and I, I like I do a lot of work with Sir ADC, mm-hmm. like you know, and even just his solo work, I follow do a lot with it, you know, but. The three of them coming together, like in all the flavors and that they bring in. They're meticulous about what they do too. They, they are. They're really, really hard workers, and you yeah. can hear it. Like you can hear it in the album and the production and the bars. Like everything is it's wonderful. So yeah. that's that's a hundred percent album of the week, hey. definitely. Two great picks. Go listen to them. Yes. And again, thank you guys for tuning in to our episode of Nina Talks. Thank you, Cami, for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's been I a pleasure. I love this conversation. Uh, again, guys, you can check us out on www.nina-productions.com. On there, you can get merchandise. You can see past episodes. And you can also check out Gas and Goku, which will be coming up soon. So make sure you sign up for the newsletter. Um, where can people find you on social? Um, so let's see. Twitter and Instagram. Those are probably like my babies. So just Cami Cruz Thomas. Okay. Or at Cami Cruz Thomas on those. Okay. And then all my stuff online is at uh, CamiThomasCreative.com. Okay. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. And I'm going to also throw all that in the description. Cool. Good stuff. Man, man. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you guys later. Peace. Adios.